0: Hi, welcome to Mimi. I'm Mel. I created Mimi as a safe space for creativity, a place for creatives to come together, get inspired and find help through accessible coaching, free resources and fun workshops and masterclasses on everything from branding, surface design, illustration and more. The Mimi podcast is basically a really good excuse for me to chat with amazing people, from illustrators and designers to photographers, makers and more. Today's episode is the last one of season one of the Mimi podcast, and it's a great one. I am chatting with Charlotte Love, a stylist and image maker from the UK. You've probably seen her faces on Instagram. Quirky and funny compositions she makes by adding eyes onto random objects. But Charlotte doesn't just make faces. She's also a very accomplished stylist whose journey is fascinating. In our chat, we discussed what led her to styling how much she loves it and what crazy cool experiences she's had along the way. We also talk about her faces, when she first started doing them and how she navigates wearing multiple creative hats, styling and image making. It was such a fun conversation and I think a lovely way to end this first season of the Mimi podcast. I really hope you enjoyed all the episodes we've had so far and hopefully I'll see you soon. Okay now, here's Charlotte. Enjoy! hello hi can you hear me yes i can
1: can you see me not yet okay
0: i'm sure it's coming up soon
1: you've got a funky backdrop i know that's how do fun- i get one of those
0: <laughs> you can do it in zoom i'll show you afterwards
1: okay. yeah i want one here okay. i am <laughs> my background's not as good as yours but you know we'll no, make it
0: it's just because there's a bed here because you know river sticking over my studio so I'm being relegated to
1: the side of the bedroom
0: you know you know kids
1: keep yeah, keeping take everything if, from you if it makes you feel yeah exactly but if it makes you feel better we're in exactly the same situation so I am sat in my daughter's room that should be my studio but it's now her room and it yeah it is what it is it's the sacrifices we make
0: yeah do you use it for work as well is it just for the call cool?
1: um I do so I if I'm working if I've got a shoot on I will take her bed out and my husband helps me so we clear the room and we shoot in her room which she finds really exciting as well so it it works it's not ideal like it drives me mad but it is what it is and you just got to make do haven't you
0: yeah but we talked about it because I told you that I'm trying to buy a house and really excited because it would be a three bedroom and there's like two big rooms and a small one and yeah. she'd have the small she's tiny she's only two she doesn't need a huge room yet so she'll no, have that definitely. one but then <laughs> I want like I, I need I think I need it though I feel like it's probably the same for you like we need that space we need a space yeah, it's a bit, yeah. It, you know it's fine for now but yeah there's a yeah. Point where it
1: needs to change The problem is, is you then you've got a three bed and then you're like, oh, we could have one more child. And then that room then goes to them and you're like, oh, now what? Okay, uh, I'll just make do in the kitchen. And that's what's happened to us. That's what's happened to you. Yeah. And they could share a room. But I'm like, no, you need your own space. It's nice that they're separate and they'll drive each other. You know, bedtimes will just be them messing around. So, Yeah. yeah, we'll keep it how it is. That's but so yeah funny. how are you doing? how are you you all good
0: really good yeah I've got a bit of a headache because of last night why <laughs> oh, no I don't know we didn't do anything we just watched um I don't know if you watched it it's called shrinking on apple tv and it's so good really love no. it it's so nice and like very funny and like an emotional like but very nice and yeah we're just drinking wine and I'm like this morning I was like, "Why did we drink so much wine?" I mean, we just rock one bottle, the two of us, with food, which can go really fast. Yeah. But like, and now I kind of regret it because I've got a headache. So you can drink if you want, but I'm like, I can't, I can't, I can't follow You're you too today. Bad. Are you
1: struggling?
0: <laughs> no, I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> this morning I was, but I um... don't
1: really drink wine anymore for that reason. It, it's not good because it's too easy to drink, and then I really struggle with yeah feeling like crap the next day so I just drink beer which I find that I can only really drink two and then I'm like I'm yeah. done yeah. yeah but yeah
0: I I, I, I'm usually fine with wine you know I'm French as well so
1: yeah I was gonna say no I'm
0: usually fine and that's why I'm really surprised this morning because I was like what's happening
1: um anyway getting older yeah I I was gonna say it's it's
0: not it's not even my birthday it's not like I'm getting older today like what's happening it's just yeah just generally getting older but yeah it's really funny
1: super super honored to be on here by the way like when I first because I've followed you for a while now I think like yeah I have followed you for a while I didn't know about the podcast because you know what Instagram's like you get bumbled down and you miss things and you don't see anything and then it's only till you go and check that you're like oh okay so to, when I went and looked and I saw you had like John Classen and Owen, Owen Davy. Yeah, I've got his book right here. We've we got the book, about, yeah. book about sharks, um, which I brought before even having children. Like a lot of children's books I've accumulated before even having children. And then you probably like, you're like you like, yeah, you can read this, even though she said it was boring. And it's like, it's not boring. <laughs> she does fine. Infographics. She's not quite there that yet, you know. How old is she? She's four, cool. she's Four. yeah, four, you know, when people always say the cliche, like, oh, four going on 14, and I'm always like, I hate those cliches, but it's so true, she's so, oh, she's just become really sassy, and really, like, she argues back, and she's, she's just started to say a few things, that you're like, whoa, do you know, like, I don't like you very much, mummy, or, oh, no. which, yeah, but I, I'm like, <laughs> have you picked that up from preschool, that's not me telling you that. Um it's just interesting to see them change from being these innocent little children, and it's only gonna get worse, I know it is, but um, she's still amazing, she's just yeah, yeah, you know, she's got opinions now,
0: God, I feel like my one is only two, but she's already like that, and she doesn't talk yet because I speak French to her, she gets English, so she's still a bit delayed on that, which is completely normal because she hears two languages, but in her expression sometimes you can tell that's what she's thinking she'll look at me and be like what's up with you like what wait you know you're not funny or I don't know all these things yeah, yeah. so I'm a bit worried too because she's that's so
1: tell. good though she's gonna be dual language that's amazing
0: yeah hopefully I mean she doesn't really have a choice because my parents don't speak english so
1: oh, really when
0: yeah not really i mean barely my mom no my mom doesn't <laughs> and my dad used to but he's not practiced in years so you just lose it if you just he's yeah there yeah in France, so yeah.
1: yeah why why would you yeah. um that's incredible i think it's definitely yeah keep keep that one up yeah. i would love to have <laughs> a <another> language <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's a bit it frustrating
0: live. now because well yeah that means she's slightly delayed on that so she's in saying sentences yet she says loads of words that are like she'll understand both French and English but I guess you know you're aching for them to speak like I want her to make sentences and say weird things yeah. but she's not there yet for sure I mean I shouldn't worry because I know she will and then she'll want not yeah. talking so
1: my so my daughter my oldest she took a while to speak compared to others um and this is it you compare don't you so you're always like oh this kid can speak really well and she can't those words yet, but my second has picked up the language so much quicker. Like, he refers to himself in first person, though, which is the best. Like, he's like, No, Bobby, do it. Everything is just referring to himself in first person. It's great. I find it quite amusing. But, um, yeah, once they start, that's it, they don't stop. So,
0: yeah, that's yeah. that's the thing. Actually, that's a good lead up to my first question, which is about your childhood and how you were as a kid. So, yeah, where were you born and raised? Because I know you're British, but. That's about it. I tried to look online, but it's really hard to find what people were born and stuff. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell um, me about your
1: childhood. I was born in a town called Blackwater. It's in Camberley. It's about an hour outside of London. Camberley. It's in Surrey, outside skirts Surrey. Um, I'm from a really big family. I've got I'm one of six. Um, I've got three brothers, three sisters, and yeah, kind of crazy, crazy childhood. A good crazy, like really busy lots of laughter lots of fun my parents are super chilled and laid back so and you only realize that when you get older do you know like you only realize that when you come to do it yourself that you're like geez yeah my mom's super laid back but then I guess by the sixth go you're gonna be letting things slide so some of the things my youngest brother did yeah and she said that to me as well like comparing the first to the last child you just you loosen up a lot so yeah really free childhood had an amazing childhood actually like when I think about it and when I was like thinking on things for the podcast yeah had a really lovely childhood yeah um didn't have like a I wouldn't say there was it wasn't structured it was free yeah you could go and do what you want uh, we had, like, quite a big garden, so we were constantly outside playing, um, especially me and my younger brothers and sisters, because I'm the middle child, so I, I've got two that are older, Tim and Sarah are older than me, um, and then two younger, because Daniel didn't come along till I was about 15, so um, we, that we were five for a long time. And then, um, yeah, just left to get up to what we wanted, I guess. Um, yeah.
0: So was it Um, really creative in a way? Did you, what did you get up to then? Were you more wild and playing around and just exploring?
1: I'd say we were pretty wild. Like, I mean, like it's hard when you think back, like I just mostly think back to the summer holidays, which would have been like a a huge chunk of time where, yeah, again, my mum must have been like, she always provided us with stuff. Like there was always like a table, like she's always been really good at that. She'll get pens and art kits and paper and paints and play doh. But it, it, she wasn't like. She wasn't like right. All sit down. We're gonna make this. Do you know, she was. She had stuff to do. She probably had like a hundred loads of washing to do. She also worked as well. So my mum and dad run a business together. My dad is a uh, like by trade, he's a sign writer. So when he first started out, he would do hand painted signs for like pubs and shops and vehicles and um. I think he did a bit of teaching as well, and that's something that then grew. So he then started up his own company and it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And really sadly, like the, the painting side of it died down and then it become a bit more commercial. So they now uh, fabricate signs. So they make huge signs like big steel signs or illuminated signs. Like <laughs> it's funny when you think about signs, they really are everywhere. Um, but yeah so that's what they do so they've always worked together and so mum always worked so a lot of the time we were kind of probably left to get on with it ourselves but yeah she would always provide us with fun but I wouldn't say it was like when I sit down with my children it's a bit more like right we're gonna do this it's a bit more organized whereas my mum left us to it um yeah I guess we would just get on and we'd play in the garden a lot like a lot a lot so like just doing kid things Mm -hmm. like building camps mud kitchens like Mm -hmm. make fairy gardens just do really fun things but it's yeah it's only till you get to now like now I've got children I just those things for me are so important for my child to then have that and we I don't know about you guys but we don't we live in a flat we don't have a garden and that is huge for me that like, it eats me up that I don't have an outdoor space to be able to do those things with her and him um so that is like on our list to get a garden but London is <laughs> to get a house with a garden is just impossible so um that's one of my one of mine and my husband's lists to go out and get a house with a garden so we can sort of like give them what we had.
0: It must have been challenging but I was just thinking it was so interesting what you said about your parents and your mom having to work and like letting you guys do your thing. I think we're all generation we tend to have what less kids first and then we want we feel like we need to be so involved so like what you said we'll be like oh let's draw together like we do everything with them. And I think there's a point where sometimes maybe we need to be like, actually, you know what? I'm just going to do something else maybe and not like look or, you know, not be as involved because we want to yeah. be so involved. Yeah. Um, but that's what's cool with siblings, though. I was thinking because it was probably overwhelming to have so many kids, but also it's amazing because you guys all played together and it's really mm. good memories as well.
1: I don't know if I'd advise it. Sometimes I think like when I had my second, it really like your first is hard is it's life-changing your life has just been a bomb has just gone off in your life so a good bomb like there are good things but second time it really shook me because it was i just found it quite hard to adjust to two and she was at home as well so it was it was tricky so i would regularly think like how the hell did my mum do this with six but we had a child mind us because my mum had to work and so she had help and that's okay she had help like you know like you need to that's that's what you have to do you have to you have to get help if not like how else do you make it all work which is something I think I need to do because yeah two on two and trying to work I don't know how so
0: you loved art so was it a natural process for you to go into art school later on then how did you? Because you studied visual communication and illustration. But yeah. So
1: prior to that, I so I'm not an academic person. Like I'm terrible. I'm 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 really standard. Like I can I yeah. I'm not good at writing. I'm not good at reading. Really. I'm I, I'm not dyslexic, but I'm just it's not where my strengths are. So I'm not an academic person. And I remember at school I was always in the middle. Like I was never in. Ironically. I for my GCSEs the only two GCSEs I got was food tech and art and the others I got I think I just got a scrape by with a C and a D and that's like now today when I think my two main interests are art and food it's just quite funny because I don't know if that's just my parents didn't put a lot of pressure on us either that's another thing because they've set up their I don't know if it's the best but it hasn't done us all bad but my dad especially was always really relaxed about uh like school GCSEs he never neither of them ever put any pressure on us ever like there was no like like if we were if we weren't thriving in a subject we were never made to do like you need to get a tutor or you need to do extra classes to get better at that because you need your GCSEs it was chilled out my dad would sometimes because he finished school and went and worked for himself like, I think he did an apprenticeship so he was always like he wasn't pro uni they neither of them were so they were like you work for yourself you go and learn on the job and la 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 so I felt really relaxed in a way because I think there is a lot of pressure that's put on teenagers to do really well at school so I remember yeah not feeling much pressure my sister went off to art college my older sister And weirdly, at the last minute before secondary school, I remember feeling so lost and not knowing what to do. There's so much pressure on what to pick after school. It's the same as when you graduate, you're like, wow, there's so much pressure on you to go and do the best thing. Like, it's almost like someone saying, you have to pick your career now and you've got to go and do it. And it's like, I don't know. I don't know what to do. And I actually went and did a makeup course. (laughs) I remember my art teacher saying, like, he was like, what the hell are you doing? And I was like, I don't know, I'm just going to go do it. Because a few of my friends were doing it. So I went and did this makeup course. And I soon realised it wasn't for me. Like, I like doing, that, we got, we got taught theatrical makeup. So like doing like casualty makeup with like, you'd cut it and put blood in it, like on your face, like prosthetic makeup. I've really enjoyed that. And I like doing the face painting, but I soon realised I am not here to do bridal makeup and stuff like that, like... It, I actually quit and I dropped out. Um, yeah, I quit, which was a really bad thing to do. I shouldn't have probably done that, but I was, what, 16, 17? Like, such a young age. So I quit and I think I just took the summer off. And then come September, <laughs> my mum marched me down to the careers office. She was like, right, we, you're coming with me. And she took me to this careers office and sat me in. And they gave me my options and like again i remember feeling so much pressure (laughs) but they were like right there's a space if you want to go and do an art art foundation degree and i was like yeah okay cool i'll go do that and i went and joined and it was like the best decision that she ever made for me like thanks mom but yeah i started and did two years foundation and you know when you're like this is it why didn't i do that why did i follow the crowd why did i do makeup what stupid thing to go and do, I don't know. So yeah, went on and did an art degree at Art Foundation, and then went on to Bournemouth Arts Institute to go and do Viscom. So interestingly, first of all, I applied for illustration and I didn't get on, and I was heartbroken. I remember crying in my room when I got the letter. My mum was just like, "Don't worry, like this might be a good thing because they had started Viscom. It was a new course." I remember being like oh I don't really want to I don't even know computers like I remember feeling really stroppy about it like I don't even know how and and I'm being serious I did not know how to even turn a computer on because we didn't have computers I wasn't into IT and I remember writing to the course leader and saying like I actually don't know how to turn a computer on like I'm not and she was like you'll be fine like there's going to be people there like that don't know how to do this and I still remember my first day sitting in front of a huge Apple Mac, like, where is the button? Because <laughs> they are pretty well concealed. Like it's streamlined design. Um, but yeah, it was again one of the um, one of the best decisions I ever made because uni was amazing. I had such a great time there. I would advise that course to anybody, like that uni in, in particular is just, I wouldn't say it's like one of the best. I, I, I have nothing to compare it to, but you meet a lot of people that, do, that have done really well and they normally have been to one of the London schools, haven't they? They've normally been to Central Saint Martins or like, um, why has my mind gone blank on all the London units?
0: <laughs> but you know, I think it doesn't, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It doesn't okay. really matter though. You were saying no. like, in terms of, I'm sure some schools are meant to be better or whatever, but at the end of the day, there's even that whole discussion about Do you actually need to go to art school to do art or to, you know, you don't. So it's just whatever you can gain, like meeting people, growing yourself, having a good time. That's all you need. And learning. Yeah, I guess IT, you needed to learn. There's some technical skills that you learn in art school, but the whole creative process that's just within you and for you to work on. And you don't need to go to school for that.
1: But my VizCon course taught me so much. It taught me Photoshop. It taught me Illustrator. I would never have learned that on illustration. I don't think I would. I think they the Bournemouth course was very pro, like, um, wow. well, illustrating. I think they might have taught me a bit, but it would have maybe been go out and teach yourself. But my VisCom it was focusing on typography, illustration, and photography. So I managed to learn all three of those things that were something I would have never, ever have known to go and I would never have picked that you know um but it was incredible I learned a lot so then in my third year I went into illustration I remember being really disappointed with it I remember a finding it so intimidating because I'm not like I can doodle and I can I thought I wanted to do illustration because I, I I like drawing like but when I saw some of the drawers on that class like wow like my husband was on illustration his drawings are incredible like he can draw like like for like and some of the people on there were just insane at what they do and like crazy talented but I remember feeling really inadequate and not that great like oh I should have just graduated after bizcom. Um, and they were really pro editorial illustration as well. So I think I went on there like I want to do greeting cards, and they were like scoffed at it a bit. Like, but now I'm like, yeah, who's laughing now? Um, but I remember them not really wanting me to do. It wasn't the dumb thing they wanted you to do, like illustrate to an editorial piece of like for the Guardian. And I'll be like, what? <laughs> to me, that was just boring. And one of our first projects was illustrating to an article on Shea Guevara, like, what am I here? Why am I doing this? This isn't me. Like some people were great at that and they loved that. But I realized I wasn't, I felt out of my depth, you know? And I remember I got into it and I did it, but I found it so difficult. And yeah, I think I just did the, I, I wasn't an illustrator. That, that, was, that was the problem. But then my housemate was on my course too. she was amazing she was really good she would do collage and she sort of opened my eyes up to collage because if you can't draw then it was like the next best thing like okay well I'll, I'll draw with paper and I'll cut and I remember finding that really interesting so she sort of inspired me to do collage but collage on photoshop so I learned lots of skills
0: really interesting actually to hear the detailed process of what happens when you go to art school and you start figuring out what works for you what doesn't yeah and and it's the same I studied visual communication and it's you're being taught so many different skills that are actually also really applicable to real life because I feel like what you're saying about illustration, it's it's a bit of a bubble. And I feel like illustrators that do first you can't you don't make a really good living doing editorial work because editorial doesn't pay well and you know that as well. So it's really interesting that they were pushing that. But what I'm interested to hear about is how you went from that to then what you're doing now i mean what's really interesting as well is you're doing two things because i know you from your faces and your characters that are so happy and quirky and i love them where they're like a mix i mean they're mixed media you do a lot of different yeah i'd say yeah 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 Yeah. but you also have this whole so i thought that's what you were doing and you're doing that but you actually have a whole other career in styling as well and i think you started with that so i want to hear how you went from studying art and visual communication and doing prop styling and getting yeah. into that world. Cause it's kind of, it's licked, it's, but it's no, not. it's a bit it's, nuts though, yeah. yeah. So it, how did um, that happen?
1: So yeah, we graduated and um, it was, I don't know, we graduated in 2008. It was like the year of the recession. There's no work. I think about seven of my friends had to sign on cause there was nothing for anyone, like no jobs. Everyone was being made redundant. It's like the worst time to graduate. And because again, my parents are a business, all my mum kept saying is Charlotte, there's no work out there. You're gonna struggle. Like you better go and get a job. Like, oh my God. And again, it's such a dark time. You've got to move back home. That's the first thing I remember being like, Oh, you've just lost all your independence to go move back in with your mum and dad. I wasn't brave enough to go and move up to London. Like a, a lot of people did. They just went and jumped, they had jobs lined up. Did you do DAD? Um, no. So do you know about DNA Yeah. The exhibition for students so like it's where you can get picked up pretty quick like a few of my friends got picked up um one of my housemates got a job instantly for Amelia's magazine who was like the coolest magazine at the time I remember being like oh wow she's off that was her gone off to London and London for me was like this scary place like I don't really like London even now I'm still a bit scared by it um I find it quite intimidating not so much anymore, but at the time I remember being like, I did not want to leave and go to London. So, yeah, I temped for a long time. I did waitressing, which, again, is to anyone that struggles with, like, confidence issues, I think waitressing or bar work is, like, the best thing you can do because you are forcing yourself to talk to people and that's something you're going to learn later down the line when you're talking to clients when you're talking like having zoom meetings you need to learn how to talk you need to know how to hold yourself and I would say waitressing was one of the best things I did because it taught me how to be confident in a way that I'm not a very confident person like but I'd say it it taught me to be more confident um it gave me a bit of a boost because you're running on adrenaline as well because you're walking you're running around and it's a bit of a boost but anyway so I did that for a while sorry I'm going off on such a waffle so I did my temping and waitressing and then I was working with loads of mums and they all said to me like you've got a degree what are you doing like you need to go and do something like you have to go and like you're wasting your time here and I was like yeah you're right I am so I um again (laughs) my (laughs) mum phoned up a magazine for me it was the U magazine it's a supplement of the daily mail um and she asked if I could go and do some work experience with them again like you know when you start noticing a pattern like my mum's done loads without really like I'm not even that dependent on her but she, it just shows she's been quite quite a yeah quite a significant part in pushing so yeah she called up the magazine and just picked up the phone just like that and called them up and was like can you can she come and do some work experience they were like yeah sure come in she can come and do a week and I did I went and did a week's work experience in the art department super scary like you know when you think back like whoa work experience is awful like all of a sudden you're in London and you're having to do and be the best person you can be forcing yourself to be confident so I did a week week there I wouldn't say I necessarily enjoyed it I wouldn't say I got this like desire to be working in an art department for a magazine but um they let me do an illustration. And I remember I scanned it in on the wrong BPI. I scanned it in at like 150, and the whole thing was ruined. Uh, so I had to do it all again. But back then, that was a really big deal. Like, whoa, I just messed up my whole chance. But anyway, when I was there, I ended up speaking to the interiors girl at the copy photocopy machine having a chat and she was really nice and we got on really well and she was like you can always come and do a week here and I was like oh that'd be great so I did I went back and did a week with them with the interiors and instantly I was like this is really good I really enjoy this like it, it felt right um at the time I knew of a stylist called Selena Lake she was this she would do really amazing vintage styling and she gave me her number so I called her up <laughs> I just called her out of the blue and I was like, can I come and assist you? Which isn't really a- a- unlike me. I wouldn't normally be that confident, but I just forced myself to do it. I was like, right, I'm going to do it. Called her and I said, can I come and assist you? And she was like, yeah. And I think she was a bit shocked that I just called her out of the blue because who does that? And, she, and yeah, that was it. I went and worked with her. I went and did a few days assisting, just helping her, like, um, just little things like unloading her car with all the props and making tea. That's all I did. I think make make tea and tidy up get the shots ready. And um, yeah, went and did that. And then weirdly, one day I was assisting. So when you do a photo shoot, you go and hire a location. Like you'll go and hire a location house. You use the location to shoot your products or you shoot your book, or she was shooting her book. And we were shooting at this house. And I remember speaking to the lady who owned it while I was ironing all the products. And I said to her, I really wanted to I loved Tim Walker like he was like my dream like isn't he everyone's I remember like he thinking he was like the best thing in the world and do you know I I don't know how I missed that out but that was a huge part of my inspiration at uni like we didn't have Pinterest back then we'd have blogs so you'd read it or or you'd get a book and I remember thinking Tim Walker was just like I want to do that that is what I want to do. And I told the lady, and like ironically, she was a fashion stylist, and she said to me, Well, I actually know him. And I was like, Whoa, okay. And she was like, Yeah, if you really want to work with him, I'll give you his address. He loves it when people send him a letter. I was like, Okay. And she was like, It has to be a handwritten letter, though. He really likes that. And I was like, Right, okay, cool. She gave me his address and I was like, Okay, so I went back. I think that night I wrote a letter in bed. I spent ages just illustrating it as well, like to the best that I could, um, making it look really whimsical. Um, and I sent it to him. And then a couple of weeks later, I got a reply from his agent saying, thanks for your letter. Um, you're probably, because I hadn't studied photography. I wasn't good at photo. I didn't want to be a photographer. And I knew that because, yeah, I, that wasn't my my area so he was like his agent said uh maybe contact Shona Heath and she makes all the props for Tim Walker shoots and I did I then contacted her and she was like right come in you can start this week (laughs) and again like so nervous I went and stayed with my friend for a week I slept slept at hers and went and turned up and did some assisting for Shona Heath so she was Tim Walker's prop maker literally I felt like I had died and gone to heaven I wait, remember wait before... so did Whoa. you meet him then no so this is the worst part they were like we're doing a shoot next week can you come and for some reason I couldn't and I don't know why I think I was probably a bit scared like I don't really want to meet him he's my hero <laughs> not that I would have said thing. I probably would have just scorped but no I helped make some props we had to make these swans we polycarved them from polystyrene and then we made these swans but it was it was yeah it was amazing but i remember finding it super super intimidating like all of she had about five assistants and they had all come from like fashion backgrounds i felt again so out of my depth i i remember feeling immensely intimidating and i didn't feel comfortable it was super competitive like crazy competitive, I didn't feel relaxed, I didn't feel comfortable, I felt like, you know when you just feel like I, I shouldn't be here, I could do it, I could do what they needed me to, but I didn't feel comfortable, like, and I've now realised, so I went on and did a few different set um, set assisting for fashion stylists, prop makers, for like editorial, and again I got the same feeling, like I didn't study fashion, I, I just, it wasn't for me fashions are like crazy competitive cut work like you've got to be really bold you've got to be like yeah thick skinned i think that is the word i'm looking for and that's not me alongside doing this i would then dip in and out of doing interiors and it just felt like it felt it was friendly and it was warm and everyone was it was like working with your mum you know like it was all the stylists were really welcoming they would I felt appreciated, you know, so I soon realised that um, the fashion wasn't for me, like, I'm not a, I also have no interest in fashion, really, that like, I like wearing clothes, but I don't live for it, you know, like, some people are so passionate about it, so I felt like, yeah, let's leave that for them, they can, <laughs> I've taken what I wanted from it, but also I was working for free, and that's a huge part of, like, you can't continue that, when you're working for free, you feel like you should be owed a lot, but it didn't. It felt like you were. You should be happy to be here. Do you know? Does that make sense? Like, it's not um, good though.
0: I find it. I, I just. Yeah, I don't think anyone should work for free. But it's
1: not. Cool.
0: What I wanted to ask you about Tim Walker because I love Tim Walker. Um, yeah. What did you love so much about his work then? Because I mean, is it is it the whimsical? I can't say that word. Is it the whimsical? whimsical like poetic a bit surrealistic you know like that atmosphere so because it's a lot about fashion he he obviously loves fashion too and he loves the expression of it but what did you like do you just like the very poetic i
1: like i like the fact that he has come up with an idea in his head and he's made that real with a photograph and that is the part that i find that's what i've taken from his work like he's thought something up and he's made it and it doesn't have to be real it doesn't have to make sense it's just for that photo it's it's there and it makes sense and I guess you could say that about styling like you come up with these ideas and you then go and make it and it doesn't need to work like behind that picture you could be holding it together with blue tack and fishing wire but it looks real and there's something about that that's so like for me yeah it's whimsical it's exciting it's yeah I don't know so yeah I've definitely taken little bits from the fashion side but then you're like maybe he doesn't like fashion maybe he just likes coming up with the amazing ideas um but but his prop designers were so fashion-led they were like it was their everything but it's another world to me fashion do you know, like, I can I can appreciate it, and I do appreciate it. I love – I used to buy Vogue all the time growing up. Like, it, it was I, – I love it, but it's not what I am, do you know? Yeah. And even now, I'm like, I wish I was trying out kids' interiors, uh, kids' fashion prop making. That's something that I'd love to do. But, again, it's like I'm not interested in fashion enough. It's not my world. So – I don't know what is my world it's making things is my world do you know so that's what
0: links both the things you're doing because you have this work as a stylist as a prop maker and then you have your little characters and I guess I want to talk a little bit about this as well because that's how I discovered you I want to know when and, and why you started making them or if you'd always made them and then one day you were like, maybe I'll start sharing them. Did they come from a place of you wanted to be more creative or more fun, more silly?
1: So the faces, they have come from just probably... So they all coincided with the start of Instagram as well. So it was like people could all of a sudden just take a photo and it was like a portfolio and it was your little online portfolio, do you know? Like it became like, for me, it became like a little sketchbook of ideas. And I remember setting myself little challenges, like I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do, uh, I'd just get so many ideas and I just would do it. Like Any idea I had, I just did it. And I was like, solid, I'm just gonna do it. Um. And I'd stop everything to go and do it. I just remember being like, my husband would be like, we weren't married then. He'd just come in and I'd be, yeah, on the kitchen floor making faces. I think that's how it started it would it would probably come as a result of being bored from like prepping a shoot so I've yeah I've always been a I've been a stylist for now what like 10 years I think um but it's always been something alongside that I dip in and out of and um yeah I I would say it comes as a result of maybe being a little bit bored planning a shoot or like you know how people say creativity is a muscle like the more you flex it the more so I guess when I'm styling a shoot Whenever I style a shoot, I get super buzzed and I'll get hyped up because it, it it's like an adrenaline rush of shoots are intense, like crazy intense. And then after a shoot, you get this high. It's like a post shoot. And I know all my other stylist friends get it, too. You get a rush because you've just done something and it looks amazing. So then you're boosting with all these ideas. And that's when I'd normally do it. I'd then make faces or And I actually got a camera and taught myself. So my friend's a photographer and he taught me, told me what camera to get. um, And that just encouraged me even more to set up these little stills at home. Sorry, I'm not making much much sense. When I was planning this out, I was like, I was going to weave it and it will be a journey, but I'm like throwing everything at you.
0: Um, It is making sense, but it is just so interesting to see that you've been doing both. I was so surprised, yeah, when I learned more about you. And I think it's really cool because it's grown so much now and you're doing so much yes. with your faces too.
1: I I will often get emails like, hi, Charlotte, we really love to work with you. We really love your work. And I have to go back and say, like, well, what work? Do you like my faces or do you like my styling? And I'd say nine times out of ten, they like my faces. So I'm like, "I it is confusing. It confuses me like a lot. I, I, I sometimes don't know which one to give more, if that makes sense. But I would say that I push each as much as I can, like as much as there is in me. <laughs> but they lend themselves to one another, definitely. Like So the styling, what I'm, what I, my faces are styling in some ways. They're like a styled image. Another thing is I never take it very seriously. So I'm always genuinely quite shocked when, like, big names or clients want to work with my faces I I do not take them seriously I've just always done them as something for fun so when like I think the first big client uh, Berlin Food Week asked if I would do the campaign with them like this year or last year they used Sarah Illenberger who is like one of my favorite artists like I'm shocked that I've even been put into the category because I still see my faces as being a little bit silly and a little bit like, do you know, I don't take them very seriously. So I'm always quite shocked when people wanna work with them, if that makes sense. Yeah, Um, I think,
0: you know, it's probably key to really good creative work because the way you see them means you're not putting a huge amount of pressure on yourself to do anything. And that means it's only the best part of yourself you know, when you're creating, where you're not being like, oh, this needs to be amazing. No, you're just, actually, I had the idea, and this is cute, this is fun, this is making me smile. I'm going yeah. to share that's it, true. and then that's two the seconds. key. Yeah.
1: yeah, and sometimes they have taken me two seconds. Like, my husband is not into Instagram. He's not, like, he finds it sickening. He he thinks it, like, completely destroys your mental health, and, like, he doesn't, he's not he's into not it. like not wrong, right. though. <laughs> no, He's not. <laughs> So, whenever I get bummed out by things, like occasionally I'll get really upset by, like, oh, like we all do it, like imposter syndrome, like my work's rubbish. I don't, why am I even doing these stupid faces? And he's like, look, you're doing it for you. You shouldn't care about what anybody else thinks. You do it for you. And I'm like, yeah, I am. And it's often when I stop caring that I will then get back into it, like, yeah. I just did a banana with a face and I did that because I wanted to and it doesn't matter if someone thinks it's silly because you know and then the next day I'll get an email and it will be like we really want to work with you and then I'll get this huge rush like I can't explain it but Well, then like wow okay so something I'm doing is right you know it's it's hard to explain but yeah I've been really lucky to work with some really cool people like just After lockdown, Ocado contacted me and they wanted to do a collaboration and I remember just thinking, what the hell? Again, like, do you want me for styling or do you want my face? No, we want your faces. Like, ah, you sure? (laughs) Okay. Or yeah, it's just, it's just quite, it's quite surreal. But um, yeah, alongside, I've always managed to style because I see that as like my bread and butter. And it's quite an exciting bread and butter. Like styling is an amazing job. It's I love it. I live for it. It's yeah, especially how I've sort of tailored it to be. I would call myself a children's stylist, like for interiors. I work predominantly with a lot of children's brands and mostly like fun products, Do you know, um I don't do very many I don't I, I wouldn't really be a like a very serious lifestyle commercial stylist. I would work I work mostly with children's companies. Um so in some respects the two go hand in hand, I think. Like they're quite similar. Like my colour palette is quite similar in styling to my faces. And do you know I'd say my styling work is quite clean and a little bit graphic, as are my faces. So it's just another avenue.
0: So you did, yeah, because you did a book recently with Palomito with um yeah. a financial publishing house. Yeah. Um, how yeah. was that process? That was
1: really fun. She's really nice. Like it's funny, speaking about languages, we speak only through Google Translate. It's terrible. I should I should learn French, but I yeah, my brain doesn't work that way. Um so we speak only through email, because she doesn't speak English, so it's all been a process through Google Translate. Um, But she seems lovely and she's done some really nice books. Um, Again, when she contacted me, I was shocked. Um, I've had, just before we were getting married, I got approached by a children's book publishing company But it just wasn't the right time i can get really overwhelmed like i i get overwhelmed if i've got too much stuff on and my head was like no i'm not i'm not in the right place for that um it was more important i went and i was really busy with styling i was about to get married it just didn't feel right it was a huge i I sometimes regret it but i think i would have burnt myself out um but yeah so when she came along judy she it was just all at the right time and I was really excited. She really liked what I do. She really liked, she, like, she didn't want to push in. She wasn't pushy, you know. She she was happy to work with me. So, yeah, that process was really fun. Um, And it <laughs> happened just after. It was, was I pregnant? I think I was pregnant with my second. So, when I shot the book, Bobby was only three months old. So, I remember breastfeeding and taking photos. and, But it wasn't yeah it wasn't stressful I remember really enjoying it it was a really fun process and it was a process of elimination so I'll just go back and be like here's my pictures what do you think and she'll be like okay let's start again let's change the face the lemon needs to look more this or more that and um yeah there were quite a few rounds of the same same way of illustrating but with photo I guess so it
0: just feels a little bit more time consuming your way because in illustration especially digital illustration not as yeah I felt like it would be slightly annoying for you to it, have too many changes
1: it, it would be hard but I don't know about you you know when you get criticism at first you're like oh but I like it how it is it looks great like that and then when you change it you're like oh yeah she was right like it does look better and that's always the case you know when someone like whenever anyone throws me criticism at first I dig my heels in a bit and I'm like no This looks good, but then you're like, oh, okay, it looks so much better. (laughs) No, I
0: think, yeah, for me, it really depends. When I'm not sure, like I'll always send a lot of options. And then, yeah, I love hearing, like, I think it's definitely a collaborative process where it gets better as people. I mean, it needs to not be 10 people chiming in, but if it's two or three people, and yeah. But I think sometimes as well, I've got the case, I don't know if you do that, but I worked on a project recently and it was a very small budget, really cool project. And I had made it clear because they had such a small budget. I wasn't going to do many options. I mean, just, I can't remember if I did one or two. And I mean, they were really nice and they were open and they were going to like it no matter what they said. I mean, you're always a bit scared. You're always like, oh, but I was really happy. And I remember her mentioning, oh, can you try with gradients? Because I had, I don't usually do gradients, but I've been trying sometimes I put a little bit, I don't know. It's not always me, but anyway, I tried it and I didn't like it showed it to Mike my partner because I always use him to be like what do you think of this yeah "Yeah, Yeah. I don't really like it and what I did is I didn't send it because I don't know if you've had that but you'll always send a few options and they'll pick the one you like the least as well and I was like actually I don't want this to happen now so I'm gonna just send the one I like and say I'm not sending you the other one because I don't like it and I really don't think it works and she didn't say anything she was really happy she loved the version and And I was like oh my god I was like I'm gonna do that every time because I've had so many instances where clients pick the one you don't like, and if you've sent it to them, you can't really yeah. backtrack. You can't be like, no, I yeah, know yeah. oh, you chose the one I don't like. No, please, can you forget about it and like pick the other yeah,
1: one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, that's a good. Yeah. Do you know what? Stick to your guns. I guess if you fit, if I, if I ever felt really strong about it, like felt really passionate that this is not the right option, yeah, I'd never do it. But half the time, I find yeah like you say if it's a collaboration like if you've got a really good art director on a job you know that they're bringing out the best in you so it's definitely a joint effort like there were things that Julie um could see that would work better and she's seeing it from a children's book point of view do you know like that's a something that I'm like that's her her domain she's she knows what works whereas I'm like yeah but you know, like a melon would look better. That's all I'm thinking. And she, she knows that children from the learning point of, um, yeah. Does so that make sense? Yeah, Sorry. it does
0: make sense. Yeah. No, but that's what's nice, isn't it? Working with loads of different industries, which you have yeah. as well. Like you get to learn for people that know their stuff yeah. as well, which you want yeah. to do.
1: So like styling, that is how I've learned how to photograph my own stuff, which I'm sure makes a lot of photographers really angry because... I've stolen their tricks and taken them. But um, I'm not a good photographer. I know how to take basic photos. Like, I would still reach upon them if I needed. Do you know, like whenever I do a big faces project, like for Arcado or Berlin Food Week, the first thing I do is book a photographer because I'm not about to start being able to take resolution. Like my pictures, I'd worry too much about things being in focus. Like, especially if they're like, oh yeah, this is going on a billboard. You're like, right, okay, yeah, I'm not taking that photo because I'm not that good. I can do it for myself and for Instagram, but not for professional standards. But I am always thinking, I would love to go and learn photography. I really would. But um, yeah, two children and trying to juggle all of that is like, now is not the time.
0: My last question is gonna be about your kind of dreams and goals work-wise. Or life-wise, mm-hmm. but for the next years. But let's imagine that starts from them being both in school. Because at the moment, okay. I feel like you're probably not in that headspace where you're like, no, um, I'm just yeah. trying to figure it today out. Yeah. But imagine when they're both in school, what would get you really excited? What would be like the biggest kind of dreams and goals you want to do for both the styling and the faces?
1: So probably I'd love, I'd like, I'd love to push my shop a bit more. I'd love to have time to put into the shop. I feel like, I don't know, whether that's doing more books, maybe I'd love to do another book. And fingers crossed, so um, Tutti fruity that's what it's called, was only published, and so far is only published in French, so there you go, you can have one. Um <laughs>
0: Yay! I need all the French books I can get.
1: I'll send you one, yeah. there you go.
0: Um,
1: <laughs> it was only published in French for now, like fingers crossed it should be hopefully like that is the dream to get an English published book. Um, so yeah, to do another book would be amazing. Um, what else? Probably do some more, more get back into styling a bit more. Like I love styling. It, it gives me such a buzz and especially working with children's brands. I'd love to work with some more children's brands before having, before having the children, I was on a real roll like I you know when you look back like man I was doing so much I was uh, yeah I was busy I was doing lots but I've had to shut myself off and it's weird because I don't have that fear like did you I don't know if you ever got this I never felt afraid I would lose it or like get forgotten about because I knew that something else would come do you know and because I've always had the faces alongside it's always kept me in the creative loop if that makes sense so I feel like I haven't just disappeared and become a mum do you know yeah I I feel like I've always managed like I've been doing I never stopped working I've I've always worked because I've been fortunate that my husband is freelance so we could take turns that's when I vision what we're doing we're always tapping in and out like we're like yeah
0: We, we say the same it's like yeah, we call like parenting, but oh, together. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you go, yeah. go, 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 yeah. It's the same, which is, so, um, it's hard though, right? I don't know if you have that, but then it's making sure to make time for each other as well because we're oh, like... it's
1: non-existent. Yeah. yeah. We're just, if we're this, not... you're we're not, exist, not, okay, yeah, ugly. you're best that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so my dream is probably to be able... I just don't know what I'm gonna do with all my time. It's gonna be so weird. Like, wow, like even my daughter's starting, like she started preschool 30 hours. So she's she's gone a school day. Even that you're like, whoa. So my nap times I have time to do for me, but yeah, it's gonna be nice to have time. I'll miss them and I'll miss this period, but um, to focus on me again. I feel and it's funny because a lot of the people and stylists I admire are women that are older like they're all in their 40s or their 50s like some of the best that I look to and I'm like, wow, you're killing it they've, they've done their child bit they're back, the kids are at school and you're like there is life after, yes. do you know, yeah, it's there really is life after. like, yeah, I'm not yeah. just gonna fizzle out and be I'm gonna yeah I feel like I'm confident I'm gonna go back and I'm gonna I'm gonna get back in I'm just gonna do it and if it if it isn't in styling then I'll do it in my faces and yeah I feel like there's still so many different things like I always think wow I'd love to do like an interactive um space of some sort like you know when you get really carried away like do you ever do that you just imagine
0: I'm I mean I always get carried away it's like my dreams are way too big
1: yeah me too and I'm never so I go to the park this park sucks like you could make it like you could do some really fun things Mm -hmm. um I don't know the other thing yeah so to do some children's books to do I'd love to collaborate with some people as well I think like to collaborate with again like what we're saying with confusing like the faces or the styling like I'd love to do some like more real like clothing or I don't know something that's more objects. I don't know what that's a really crap answer, isn't it? But like t-shirts or socks. Well you did
0: the patches, didn't didn't you? Yeah, yeah. um... But
1: so then to do to do real like my own because that was a collaboration with a patch brand so to do more of my own stuff it's made me realize like yeah I just need time to think and work it which I am doing I'm trying to think of things Um, and I'm about to bring out some stickers which for me is like really exciting so you can put eyes on everything that should be cool just like for me that's like it's just a tiny little bit like I need to think of things that are bigger but what they are yet I don't know um but yeah um and just navigating being a mum like that sucks up (laughs) do you ever have moments where you're like it's nine o'clock and I have just used up 40 percent of my energy before the day has even started do you know it's a lot I I have new respect for successful women that have run businesses with children do you know like how (laughs) i guess you then employ someone to be your brain
0: yeah <laughs> like we're saying we're just slowly losing brain cells but yeah. it will i think yeah it's exciting though and and we just make it work we just do it yeah. we just don't have yeah. a choice and it's yeah. exciting too
1: it is i hope that this is <laughs> the sigh exciting. of being yeah <sighs> Some washing, oh. yeah. <laughs> but you know what? People without children have these struggles too, like, yeah.
0: Why are they complaining? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I do.
1: You don't have that. kids, you can't you complain. Can. No, you, you can definitely run. can.
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the Mimi podcast. I hope you've loved this first season. I, for one, I really enjoyed meeting and chatting with such wonderful, creative people. It's been super fun, but also quite hard to navigate this whole podcasting thing on my own while juggling freelance life, normal life and motherhood. A lot of lessons have been learned and wonderful friendships have been made along the way. I am taking a little bit of a summer break with Mimi, but things will kick off again in a few months. Please keep in touch and make sure to check Mimi for resources, coaching, portfolio reviews and more. And of course, share the Mimi podcast if you've loved it. I'll work hard to come back for season two, hopefully with some fun sponsors. Okay, bye for now.